0: Good morning. Today we have with us Mike Burke, Superintendent of Palm Beach County School District. Mike, welcome to our Sunday morning talk show.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here, Miss Franklin.
0: Good, Mike. You've been in this position now for I think your third year now.
1: Getting ready to start my third school year. So, just third over
0: two school years. year, absolutely. But. For those who don't know, Mike has been in the school district for 20... Yeah, over 25 years now. 25 years. So he is not new to this community, folks. So we're going to start this morning's discussion to really talk about and find out a little bit more about who Mike Burke is. Mike, tell us about your background. Where would you get started and, and how did you get to the school district of Palm Beach County?
1: So I started right out of college. Uh, I had a finance degree from Florida State University and I went to work in the budget department, actually down in Broward County Schools. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for about eight years, and then I moved up to Palm Beach, and uh, rose up through the ranks to budget director, to CFO. Uh, For a period of four years, I was CFO and the chief operating officer. Uh, I've been the chief negotiator. And so I really got a lot of experience doing the operational side of the house. All the things Mm -hmm. kind of um, outside of the traditional education, but everything else it takes in running a Five billion dollar enterprise.
0: Absolutely. Five billion dollars. Mike, how many over your twenty-five to twenty what is is it total twenty-seven years now?
1: Altogether is up to thirty-three years now. Thirty-three
0: years. How many superintendents have you worked through here in Palm Beach County? So
1: I believe I worked with uh six. Six, six superintendents here in Palm Beach County.
0: So, folks, you see, this man has a big background, a large background and knowledge of our school system. And, and I, I do want to say, as we get into our discussion more, my congratulations on another fine year with the uh, Palm Beach County school year because we are we are basically right now, we are an A-rated school district, and, and we are very proud of that. So thank you and, and your team for that work.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Um, as you were going uh, along, who who would you consider a, as your mentors and those people you, you looked up to as far as you know looking for knowledge and and experience that 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 you really held up high?
1: Well, you know, you learn from uh, all the superintendents you work for, really, and uh, you know, you learn things that you see. You know, I got to see things in action that worked well, and then I saw some things that maybe you know I, I didn't want to replicate. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't go as well. There's
0: been some potholes <laughs> along, <all>, some pitfalls <laughs> there always, there always along is, the way. You know? Yes,
1: uh, but. Uh, for 10 of those years, I worked for Dr. Art Johnson, and uh, I'll give, I give him a lot of credit because as the finance guy, he was always good about bringing me into the academic conversations. Mm-hmm. And he, he understood that everything had a financial impact at the end of the day. Yes, it does. So he would bring me to the table sooner rather than later and allow me to be a part of that decision-making, and I feel like that really helped broaden you know, my experience.
0: I saw I saw Aud a couple of weeks ago, and I I hadn't seen him in a long time. He he he's still him saying his same old self.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to change. No, no, <laughs>
0: not 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 at all. Um,
1: he currently represents our our principals and assistant principals through their association. So oh, very good. He's still involved to some extent. Um, another mentor. We belong as a large school district. We belong to the Council of Great City Schools, mm-hmm. and I've had a long membership with that organization. And the gentleman that ran it for. Most of the time, until just recently, was uh, Dr. Michael Casserly. And there okay. also, uh, yeah, anyway, that, that, that organization has been really helpful, along with a, uh, Dr. Bob Carlson. Mm-hmm. So they're always there as support, and I've, I've leaned on them over my
0: career. I just want to say congratulations, Mike, on, on a new contract. And you can going to be with us for how many more years now? Yes, at least uh, up to 5 years. 5 years, wonderful. So we won't be looking for anybody new for at least 5 years. No, I hope not. Pretty good. <laughs> very very good. I'm planning on sticking around. Absolutely. When did, when did you when did you know that education was the path that you or your, or your career path that, that that you wanted to go on? You know, g-
1: going through FSU and as a finance major, when I first started down that path, I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm heading to Wall Street. I want to be a stockbroker do something mm-hmm. like that. Um and then the more I learned about that profession, the less interested I was mm-hmm. in doing it, you know, that, you know, that the, sometimes the, the clients don't always have the best experience. It's commission based. And right. as long as you're buying and selling, you're making money, but your clients lot, may not. A lot of back office work that, yeah, yeah you might so not see the light of day. This really allowed me an opportunity to kind of use my skill set. And uh, I just kind of lucked out, you know, getting that first job entry level mm-hmm. budget analyst. But once I started working, I realized I was working with like a great group of people. Mm-hmm. It was nice to work for a good cause, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it's been a good career to you know to raise my own family and everything else so it' it's just really worked out well, but it was no great plan I had as a teenager growing up and or even you know my early twenties. I just kind of lucked into it and then just got more passionate about it as I went
0: It's amazing how how your career and i mean everyone's careers when, when you get into a professional level how you would have never thought that you'd be doing what you're doing 20 30 40 years ago as you were trying to say oh, I want to be this I want to be a you know I want to be an astronaut I want to do this I want to do that and then all of a sudden you end up being who you are School superintendent. Yeah, it's very yeah.
1: incredible. I'm sure some of my, <laughs> my friends in high school would have laughed me out of the room.
0: If I oh, told absolutely. I a same, same here. <laughs> I, I had I had no plans of to be working in a nonprofit <laughs> or, arena and, and running an urban league uh, for so many years. You're now the face of the school district, and um, in so many ways, how's that transition been for you as far as? being from not in the limelight, not in the, not in the front, but maybe in, in that back line in the school district. Now you're in the front. You are the face of the school district. How's that transition been?
1: You know, I've enjoyed it. Uh, in this role, I get to see a lot more of the good things happening across our schools. Mm-hmm. So I have more experiences working with our students. Uh, I got to do 31 graduation ceremonies. You yes. Know, shake the hands. That's right. a lot of handshakes. About 13,000 handshakes. Yes. Uh, so... You know, we call ourselves Team Palm Beach. That's our collective workforce of nearly twenty-three thousand, mm-hmm. and I've, it's truly an honor to kind of be able to be the the spokesperson or the front man. Um, but everything we do, it's 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 a team approach. And then I just try to do my best to recognize all the contributions from, from both our students, our teachers, our school administrators, everyone that's really making this happen.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So we're we're the tenth largest school district, correct, in 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 the country. Correct. So, how how do we stack up against other school districts, Mike? As far as I know, Miami Dade's above us, and Broward's where I, I I don't know exactly, but how how, how do we rank?
1: So in Florida, uh, it's a little easier to answer that question because the state grades us all, you okay. know, A through F, mm-hmm. our schools in our district, and we are A rated. Uh, of the seven large urban school districts in Florida, there's only. Two that are A-rated. It's us and Miami Dade. Okay. Uh, the last time the grades were issued, you're right, Miami Dade outscored us by like 18 points. Okay. And we are working on. We want to be the top district in the state.
0: So you know? we're we, like you said, out of out of the top seven urban districts, we're number two behind behind Miami Dade.
1: Correct. Okay. So we're we're both A-rated. We're considered a high-performing school district. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look across the entire state of Florida, there's 67 counties. of the 67. There's 14 A's, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a fairly high bar to reach that A, and um, it is a good reflection on mm-hmm. our school district and the work you know that our students and teachers mm-hmm. are doing.
0: Well, you know, as as we look into you know being A-rated school school district is is fine, but at the same time we know we have we have some issues. We we know we have some low-lying schools. Um, outside of charters, right now, I don't think we have any F-rated schools within the district. Do we? we do not good that, that, that that's excellent but for those for those schools that those title 1 schools in our low um, low income urban communities what are the plans to bring them up to a, a, as high as they, as a, as high as they can possibly be up into that b and in and, and a rated school
1: yeah that's something a that constant area of focus for us uh, you know, Palm Beach. Sometimes people get the impression Palm Beach. You know, we must have lots of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. For most everybody of our thinks
0: students. Palm Beach is, is is you know just the the land of a gold, a pot of gold. You know, but that's not true. No,
1: no. More than half our students are eligible. Well, now we have free breakfast and lunch for all
0: students across all our schools. What's but, you know, what's our, what's our rate of 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 um, free and reduced lunch in, in our schools, Mike? Yeah, that's where I was heading. Okay. So
1: it's it's over sixty percent. Okay. And so, uh,
0: yeah, just to point that out, that we're,
1: we're not an entirely affluent community. You know, we have a, our share of, of poverty throughout Palm Beach County. Um, we have over 100 Title I schools. Mm. The, those Title I schools, the good thing about being a Title I school is that brings more resources. Mm-hmm. So each of those schools has their own Title I budget. Mm-hmm. And that, those monies are going towards trying to, you know, raise student, improve student outcomes. We've also had what we call a student academic support plan in place since the pandemic. That's a very thoughtful and strategic approach to uh, we know students missed out during the pandemic. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. and mm-hmm. we, we refer to it as unfinished learning. OK. And, you know, that online virtual experience, even though I feel like our our teachers and everyone did a yeoman's job of trying to make that work. Mm-hmm. It was certainly not ideal. And I've heard firsthand from many students. Even if you go to our graduations, most of the valedictorian salutatorians touched on how the pandemic impacted them. Absolutely, absolutely. And these these are students that were, you know, had all the support Mm -hmm. available to them and they still struggled through it. So we are still working through that. Um, You know, nationally, you've seen test scores dip as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our third grade students, you know, that took the test this year, they were kindergartners when the pandemic hit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you just think about how hard that is to try to learn. The younger you are, I think the more difficult to try to learn how to read. Especially when,
0: when you're in that virtual environment during, during, during those difficult times. Yes, absolutely. Hold that point about COVID. I, 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 want, I want to come back to that, but um, I want to say, Mike, how many... Next week, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to open the doors for the new school session for 2023. How many students are you expecting? I'm expecting about 164,000
1: that will be entering 182 schools district-operated schools. And we've got mm-hmm. two brand-new ones opening up next week.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to, to the new high school. Can, can you tell us more about that location and uh, what, what does that mean? Because when's the last time we opened a new high school? It's been nearly 20 years.
1: 20 years? It's, it's, been, wow. it's been quite a while. Uh, but the new high school is Dr. Will King Garcia High School. It's located on uh, like the Western Lake Worth area, area off of Lions Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's a beautiful new facility, state-of-the-art, built for up to 2,600 students. It's got, uh, you know, some specialty programs, including ROTC, and then information technology, which we're taking that a step further, and it's going to have an artificial intelligence component, which will be the first one in
0: in Palm Beach County. It sounds like like a mini uh, community college uh, basically for for that new campus. I I also heard what you're putting a turf field in there, too. We are. Yeah, we've done
1: that. It's going to have... a blue turf field oh, master wow. school colors it's kind of uh, that north carolina blue yes yes so they're
0: the bulldogs uh, so i mean is is the school at capacity yet or or are we no, we're going to uh, grow into we're it we're going to grow into it okay yeah we're opening
1: with just freshmen through juniors there's no senior class the first year no
0: senior okay uh, but that, that's the traditional way of opening a high school yes. with, with, without a senior high school, yes, without and a senior that class.
1: Because when we change the boundaries to accommodate the new school, we want to let those students that are
0: about to become seniors finish, spend, spend finish a minute. Career where they oh, started. okay. okay.
1: Uh, but we'll have about 1,500 students on August 10th there on the first day of school.
0: Wonderful. Um, as far as the outlook, is there anything special that, that you're looking forward to? for... I think it was August 10th of the first day of school. Um, anything that, that y- you want to share or, or share with parents?
1: Sure, there's a couple things. First, we've been really uh,
0: thoughtful about
1: how we recruit our new class of kindergartners, uh, the class of 2036. So
0: we've, you may have seen some advertisements. The class of 2036. <laughs> That's right. Unbelievable. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, that's 13 years from now. I'm going to write K, that K down. Be
0: class of
1: <laughs> But we've uh, we've done a lot of marketing around that. And what's really neat, what we've added this year for the first time ever, is we're providing kindergarten readiness kits to the parents, for both math and English language arts. And it's got these uh, basic things you'd expect to see. You know, mm-hmm. letters, numbers, shapes, right. colors. Uh, And then we put out a series of videos on YouTube, where they're short, you know, two-minute or so videos with a very well-trained educator that shows the parents how to use the kits, wonderful, how to to begin starting to.
0: So, how does a parent get uh, get a get a hold of of that kit?
1: So all they had to do is register uh, for kindergarten, okay, and they automatically get the kits. They get invited to come to their school, get a tour of the campus. We're trying. One of my main focuses is going to be customer service, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so this was a kind of a start down that road of, you know, really trying to improve the customer's experience and uh, as they interact with our school system. We're mm-hmm. a big, you know, we, we're the biggest, 10th largest in the country, so that comes with some challenges to make sure people feel, right. you know, that kind so of small town So how,
0: how, how does a family that maybe just moved here this week or, or a parent that's been thinking about... Private, public, charter, whatever. How do he get in touch with the school district? So, the
1: easiest place we go to our website, palmbeachschools.org, and uh, you can start, you can actually start that registration for a new kindergartner online. Mm-hmm. You can do it right from your smartphone. And that starts the process rolling, uh, where then. It's not too late for someone to register oh, no. to, get, yeah, to come to
0: public register. schools. Uh, right. Ideally, we want people to register early, Early, but we will not turn anyone away. Very good. Time. Very good. And again, Mike, what's that contact um, that contact site that they can get in touch with the school district? PalmBeachSchools.org. Very good. So let's go back to COVID because um, you and I spoke about this, and, um, and I just want to let everybody, everyone know, Mike's been a, a board member of the Urban League of Palm Beach County now for several years, and, and we really, really enjoy the partnership and collaboration. So, Mike, thank you for for, for being oh, no, with us they, at, at, at the Urban League. But, you know, um, COVID was very different for all of us. And the way we approached it, the way we worked through it, the way we, we handled things. Um, what was the biggest challenge with the school district when when the pandemic hit?
1: You know, it was just, I think, trying to keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing the best we could with the information that was available at the time, you know. Um, so we had to, you know, when lives were at stake, we erred on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in hindsight, now you look back and you you might second guess some of the things we had to do. But um, I feel like we just, you know, we we're trying to look out not just for the, the students, but also for our workforce. Um, safety of the teachers, safety, safety of the, the students, teachers, you know, everybody. You know, the students are often going home to their grandparents, you know, that can mm-hmm. be more vulnerable mm-hmm. to the virus. So all of that went into consideration. Um, eventually, you know, the state passed a law that kind of uh, did away with, like, the whole controversy around masks. Right. Once it started with an executive order uh, by the governor where we could go mm-hmm. you know, with the prohibiting the mask. At that point, we were still felt like we were going through the Delta variant. We we're going through all those things. So it
0: was still we, out there and very strong. Yeah, I so mean, we, for us not pushed, to protect ourselves you know, we, was, yeah. was an issue. We kept the mask on
1: mm-hmm. until that law was changed in November.
0: Right. Uh,
1: I will say, having now spoken more with students and everything, the, the one thing I think getting students, forcing them kind of back into the schools, Florida was ahead of other parts mm-hmm. of the country, I think that was a good move mm-hmm. because it it's just, I could resoundingly keep hearing about that time, you know, the year, almost for some kids, it was two years basically right. out
0: of school. Well, uh, you, you talked about unfinished harm. learning. I mean, we, we're still feeling the effects uh, of, of kids that, you know, everybody wasn't, everybody's not um, made to do the virtual learning. Some kids adapted well, some kids were left behind.
1: Right. And if you look at as as a, as a country, math scores fell about 15%. Mm hmm. English language arts fell about four or five percent and it's no one was immune from it basically the whole country and it, it kind of makes sense I think trying to learn math in that environment well
0: you have to very teach tough teaching yourself I mean, right. and, and, and and no interaction or, or limited in, interaction you know one of the things that the urban League w- was involved with doing that during that period was when we um, worked with the school district and, and other foundations to acquire hot spots for our kids that, who were in these areas that we had identified throughout the county that did not have connectivity, they they didn't have internet uh, availability outside of their phone or something like that, or didn't have uh, the infrastructure. How, looking back on that now, what has the school di- district done to move forward from that from that point in time?
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, that was a huge issue. Uh, we found basically when uh, you know we shut down in March of 2020, March 13th. Mm-hmm. Remember, as we came back virtually. <laughs> Uh, we were scrambling to get enough laptops or Chromebooks in the kids' hands. Right. That was a, a big challenge. And then we quickly learned we had about 25,000 or so students that had no Internet. Right. So the device wasn't doing that's, much good. That's a big number. And that's where Houston, right. you, know, Urban League stepped in and helped us out. Uh, also need to give credit to Palm Beach County government. Yes. And Baker. Yes. Uh, they have helped us with a more, like, long-term project that it establishes a Wi-Fi mesh network mm-hmm. so that there can be free Internet. And and, and
0: coverage for, for kids that were out in Belle Glade area, even in Riviera Beach areas, and, and some other spots that that we know we had a hole, we had holes in.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and so that's that project. Our education foundation's been involved as well. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of different corporate sponsors that have gotten involved. Miami Dolphins helped out. Uh, so that's that's really something that's pretty unique to Palm Beach County. Mm-hmm. I've not seen that done elsewhere across yes. the country. So it was really the whole community pulling together. And again, the, the county government used some of their federal relief dollars—a mm-hmm. a good chunk of them. So,
0: so. If, if, if this phenomenon will come back again, which you know many experts are, are, are predicting, it's not it's not when, but it's it, it, it's it's when will it? It's not if it; it it's when. It's something some like something like 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 this will come back at us. Um, will our kids be better prepared for it? You think, or, or the families? You know, I think from a technology
1: standpoint, we'll be better prepared. Uh, there's some things we never want to do again. Like, we expected our teachers at one point to try to teach both kids that were home online and also kids in v- in the class. In front of them in the classroom. Right. And uh, that was not a good model. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that loud and clear from our teachers. Good. So I think if we had to, we wouldn't try to overextend our teachers in that regard ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't come to that. I w- but yeah, I would say this infrastructure. The technology we put in place
0: would be there. That would be one less
1: hurdle to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to switch gears a, a, a little bit and, and, and talk about the, um, the role that the school district plays as far as STEM education, STEM and STEAM uh, education. Right. Especially, uh, we know that a lot of our um, schools in certain parts of the county uh, we have good programming, good uh, parent-teacher associations, and, and a whole lot of things going on with where the families and the parents support the schools very much. And I know in some areas that that, that we serve clients that is it's waning in in some areas. It's not there. Um, what is the school di- uh, district doing as far as to help promote STEM and STEAM in those low-income areas in, in schools that that um, aren't that privileged to have extras?
1: Right. So we're, a few things. One thing is we're, we're partners on what uh, is known as the STEM Council, and it's currently being led by the Cox Science mm-hmm. uh, Center. And along with FAU and the school district, our three agencies are all working together to promote STEM education. So that's everything from you know field trips for the kids to the mm-hmm. science museum. Our, it can be professional development for the teachers. Uh, we've done some work with FAU up at the Stiles Nicholson Rain Institute. So there's a lot of just going... What we're trying to really do is raise more awareness about STEM careers and and STEAM as well. STEAM is, you know, STEM is
0: science, technology, engineering, math. Thank you for going. I was just about to say because I know we have some listeners going, what is STEM? Yeah,
1: so that's STEM. And then when you hear STEAM,
0: you add A. The A
1: is for arts. Arts. Yes. And uh, I think the two complement each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's room for artistry in everything we do. It's also like the creative experiences, I think, just creative thinking, just opening your mind up to different things often will pay dividends when you're mm-hmm. doing more practical applications. Right. Uh, but we're trying to, you know, there's a lot of great jobs in the STEM arena and trying to, kids really, it's kind of tough, but you they need to be starting to think about these careers as early as elementary school now. Yes. Because if, if you want to get... We're now, we're really deliberate in how we schedule our students, and we've been doing this to make sure that every, students have, every student has opportunity to robust curriculum. And we start with the end in mind. So mm-hmm. our, our Deputy Superintendent helps me with this work, Mr. Ed Tierney, but he looked at all the universities and colleges and, you know, their entry requirements, mm-hmm. and if you expect to get into those top universities, you know what? you really need to be taking algebra
0: by 8th grade. Exactly. I, 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 I want to just add a little bit for it so our listeners can, can really understand. What we're talking about, uh, everyone, is that how do we engage our students to expose them, to encourage them to take the science, the um, technology classes, and, and, and take, take those math classes that they might shy away from. Like Mike, like, like, like you said, taking algebra 1 in 8th grade, algebra 2, algebra 3, Taking calculus, taking all those um, all those classes that that lead up and give you the background, so that you can look at that. When when, when I talk to a lot about our students and our youth programs, and they said, "Oh, I, I want to be a mechanical engineer. Oh, I, I want to be in aerospace. I'm going to be a bio bio researcher," and all. And I go, "Do you do you love math and science?" And they look at me and they go, uh, "Not really." I go, "Well, that's not what you you have to love math and science if you want to." an engineer, right. okay. Absolutely. There, there, there's no ifs or, 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 or doubts about it. And what we, and what I would like for our, for our parents to do is to really look at encouraging and exposing your kids to STEM classes and STEAM classes. And look, I'm not I'm not worried about them making an A in the class. I want them to be involved in the class and and to have that exposure early on early on and learn from it because. The, high, the higher paying jobs, and this has been for a long span of time, are the technology jobs. And it's going to be that way for a long time in, in, into the future. And if we want our, our kids to excel in those areas, they have to be exposed. Middle school. You're absolutely right. And
1: I appreciate your help with that. Uh, we've added what we call AMP, which is an accelerated math program in our mm-hmm. elementary schools. Okay. So we're encouraging families to take advantage of that. and. Uh, Really, you want to start getting on that track sixth grade when they go to middle school oh, e- oh, and take ve- the advanced ve- math classes.
0: Very much so. Uh, Parents, do, don't, don't let your child say, no, I don't want to take that. It's hard. Look, life is hard. We, we, we need to expose them and get them engaged because I've seen so many kids, so many kids that are as- absolutely excelling, excelling in these classes. And um, it's not easy. But we cannot, we cannot let them take the easy path out absolutely at a young age the, okay
1: the children will rise to the level of
0: yes a, they will g-
1: expectation yes and they we've will. proven it because we've uh the class of 2023 uh, over 70 percent of them took at least one college level rigorous course whether it be AP mm-hmm, ACE, or mm-hmm. IB we, we, and we, our pass rates even though we, we're putting more and more kids into the more difficult classes the pass rate has not suffered
0: yeah they're rising to the challenge Absolutely. Uh, Class of 2036. I'm still I'm still putting my mind around the start of kindergarten for the class of 2036. I just hope I'm around for 2036. (laughs) I
1: think I need to start eating healthier.
0: All right. I I wanted to shift gears one for for, for one other question, Mike. As we start this new school year, um, there's a lot of new laws that have come down the path from from Tallahassee. Um, How are you preparing for these for all these new laws? And, And I can't I can't keep up with them. So, how how are you preparing our, our teachers and administrators with all these new laws? It's it's a lot.
1: the The Florida school laws, the the book of all the laws, are over fourteen hundred pages and growing, <gasps> growing daily. It seems. Uh, we are trying, you know, throughout all this. There's been a lot of legislation around everything from books to how we teach to gender identity, sexual orientation. Uh, the first thing I try to do is not to overreact mm-hmm. to the legislation and to really take the time to read the letter of the law. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, people, some of the media coverage and everything around these laws makes them actually more onerous than the letter of the law may be. Mm -hmm. Now it's all a challenge and we're, uh, the school board and myself are all constitutional officers. So we are like bound to abide by the law. Right. But I try to do it in the least disruptive manner.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, we've had some success with that, you know, when some of the requirements came out around books, there were school districts that just started boxing up their books, mm-hmm. closing their libraries or right. Reading centers. Right. We did not do that. Right. Uh, we inventoried over 2.5 million books, and we had just a handful of books that we had to basically restrict access to. We didn't even have to ban them. I was in, uh, I
0: was in Houston, Texas this past week at the National Urban League Conference, Mike, and um, I actually saw a segment on the news and the mayor reiterated in, in a, in a um, seminar we had with the mayor of, of Houston that they are taking 10 schools in Houston in, in their inner-city Title I schools, closing the libraries, and turn them into detention centers yeah, to deal with good. a new law in Texas that says that they have to do special work with any kid that has to... Um, that's a truancy or disruptive in the classroom, or anything like that, and they will be sent to the t- detention center, which is now the library.
1: Well, you know, I don't like that. I'm glad I'm not in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that's, that's, that's that's the, that's the whole of uh, but, but, uh, but Mike, I, I, I just want to, um, a, a, as we wrap up, I want to, I want to thank you for, for, for your role, uh, as the superintendent. And I, and I think you're doing a wonderful job in, in, in that capacity. Um, as always, my final question is always, what's next for Mike?
1: Oh, well, you know, I'm excited to have the chance to keep this going for five years. Yes.
0: There's like no shortage of work
1: at the school district. Uh, I think the, one of the biggest challenges we're facing is recruiting and retaining our workforce, mm-hmm. particularly in Palm Beach County. Yes. The high cost of living. High cost of living, housing, so and everything else. We're having job fairs. We're recruiting in all kinds of new ways. You know, we're in all the technology platforms and mm-hmm. LinkedIn and all that. Uh, we're having some success, but, with you know, anytime I get a chance to speak on a microphone, I always kind of throw it out there. If anybody's interested in working for the school district, they should check us out. We've got a
0: lot of good jobs. And, and how do they contact you or how do, they, Again, how, do they, how do they search for you? Yeah, palmbeachschools.org,
1: and we have a career page, and there's a whole host of different types of jobs, whether it's, you know, maybe someone who's thinking about coming back and doing a substitute teaching or returning from retirement to go back to the workforce. We would love to have you.
0: Well, good. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for, for your time this morning. Uh, we've been talking with um, Superintendent of Palm Beach County School District, Mike Burke. Mike, it's been a pleasure, and we will definitely have you back here throughout the school year um, and talk about the issues that, that are affecting our kids because, like, like anything, our, our kids are our future, and we want to work hand-in-hand with you to get that done. So, Mike, thank you for joining us today. Thank um, you, Patrick. All right, and continue just to, just to some thoughts about the Urban League. Uh, remember, we have our summer food drive which is being sponsored by Hubbard Radio. I want to thank Hubbard Radio and WPTV Channel 5. Uh, it will be on Saturday, August 12th, and our three locations will be in Belle Glade, Delray Beach, and West Palm Beach. So that would be on Saturday, August 12th. Look forward to more information about that. And if you're looking for health care, benefits, um, help, and support, call the Urban League at 561-833-1461 or visit our website at ulpbc.org. If you're looking for health care benefits, now's the time to enroll, and we can help you with that. Um, thank you, and have a great Sunday.